Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Say Yes Anyway podcast, where these are all those amazing conversations from the heart, like we're having a conversation over a cup of coffee like I have right now, and um, where we just have to say yes to those things that we just, you know, we know deep down in our heart that we just have to say yes to them, even if it makes no sense to the entire world or even to ourselves. And so I'm so excited today because I have my friend Cara Mia on and she is a women's portrait artist. And I'm so excited to chat with you. She's so incredibly funny. So this is going to be awesome. <laughs> um, no pressure, well, no pressure. No pressure. I love it. I love it. So, well, first off, tell me a little bit about what exactly is a women's portrait artist? Yeah, absolutely. Hi, Jess. Hello. I'm so excited to be chatting with you. This is so fun. Um, so yeah, I think a lot of people would classify me as a boudoir photographer. That's how most people know how to search for me. Um, but I really like to think that what I do um, transcends what we think of as traditional boudoir photography. Um, and I think of myself more as a woman's portrait artist. Mm -hmm. um, so really what I do is I create custom portrait experiences that celebrate the stories and the beauty of women. Um, and my job is really to help women see themselves. So that it's very much a healing journey. 100%. And that's why I was excited to chat with you about this because it's true. It's like, especially this day and age, I mean, what do we have? We have all this social media. And so everybody's like, oh, this is what I'm supposed to look like, or that's what I'm supposed to go after, or that's probably what I'm, I don't have what she has. And so there's just, I've actually never done a session and I want to do a session one day because I, to. yeah, totally. Cause I feel like even, I feel weird in front of the camera so many yeah. times too, where I'm like, how do I even do this? How do I like tap into my femininity even more and embrace these pieces of myself that maybe I don't do on the regular? So sure. I don't know, like maybe speak to that a little bit. Cause I'm sure yeah. there's like a lot of people, same boat. I mean, like everything you just said are things that I have heard so much of. So I've been doing this for 14 years. I've been a professional photographer for over 20 um, but this company I started 14 years ago, wow. um, certainly in this day and age, we are constantly bombarded with messages that we're not enough as women. And I use that word a lot enough mm. um, because it's very rare that women feel that they are right enough so true. We're not good enough friends or moms. We're not good enough at multitasking. We're not thin enough, pretty enough. Uh, we don't have the right clothes. Like we're just constantly feeling like we are less than, mm. um, and that was really the motivation behind creating this experience. So when I started my studio 14 years ago, boudoir photography really didn't exist as a genre of mm. photography. Um, pinup photography had just started becoming, uh, a thing. And I was calling it iconography at the time, which as it turns out is plagiarism because that's like, <laughs> actually is a category of photography. Uh, but I had no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what I was doing. I'd left my uh, career as a wedding photographer um, and said yes to wow. the wholly unknown of, I'm gonna wow. photograph naked wow. women. I don't even know what this is. No way. Um, but it was part of the idea of wanting women to feel enough. Hmm. Um, and I think that my idea was that I wanted to create an experience where women could um, show up and be photographed through the eyes of someone who is looking at their, them and their naked body with love and with respect. Mm. 
Mm. And I think that there's something incredibly powerful about that. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that there's something about seeing yourself and your naked body viewed through the eyes of someone who really respects your journey Mm. um, and someone who really sees you not as less than but as enough. And mm-hmm. I think that that is just tremendously powerful wow. um, for women. Totally. Wow. So then I know you said that you said yes, and you went onto this crazy journey yeah. that blossomed into what it is now. So what exactly were you doing before? Yeah. So I was a wedding photographer. My uh, stepmother was a really well-known uh, wedding photographer in Chicago. She was kind of a pioneer of like the black and white photojournalism movement. Wow. Yeah. Um, So I started off as a film photographer. I grew up with a dark room in my house. Um, So I've been shooting since I was a kid and I was a professional wedding photographer. I went to school for dance. Mm. This all connects. It all like, I'm with you. I've had a million lives where people are like, how did you get to here? I'm like, oh God, the journey. Let me tell you. Don't you kind of feel like it was chosen for you? A 100%. Bit as well, you know? Oh yeah, 100%. Like, and you see, and that's the thing too, where I think people don't look at like the one step. It's like, that's kind of that say yes moment where you like feel something in your heart just driving you somewhere. And yeah. so you, then we're at a crossroads of like, okay, you just make a choice. You make, you a, choice make a choice to either go down the path that you're comfortable with or that you're used to, or you follow that thing and it's working for you because it's obviously in you. It's giving you that drive, that piece or something. And so we don't know what's on the other side or really what the journey is going to hold. And that's, what's so beautiful about life. So anyway, I 100% agree. So go back to what you were saying though. Yeah, no, no. Yeah. So I, so I was, I was on a full dance scholarship in college. I was a contemporary dancer and I was supporting myself as a professional photographer, which is in and of itself, just hilarious. Right. I mean, like, <laughs> what, what life is that? Um, but so, yeah, I was a wedding photographer for, um, gosh, about like eight or nine years. And then, um, uh, and then I, I kind of had a little bit of a breakdown to be honest with you. And I have, I'm really, um, I've, I've found that women don't do a great job of speaking to one another, Mm. which is also why I feel like this space that I've created can be so profound for so many women because I am just incredibly candid about uh, my own journey and my own flaws and very accepting of other people's journeys, whatever they may be. And I've found a way to just hold space for people in a way that is truly non-judgmental, right? Because I just Good. am listening without any sort of investment judgment. Yeah. Um, so I, I have found that um, th- through, through my own struggles, which was specifically with uh, panic disorder and anxiety disorder, which at the time that I was diagnosed, there was hardly any information about. And I felt so alone and so isolated and so misunderstood. Um, And through my journey to healing really contributed to um, the creation of this specific company. Um, And why it was that I decided to do what I was doing. And and part of that was I, I had, I had felt so unwell um, and again, so isolated and misunderstood and alone um, and so betrayed by my body 
Um, and I wanted to be able to utilize my technical skills as an artist, but also my very specific skill set, um, being able to make people feel comfortable and feel mm-hmm. celebrated, right? And like outside of of any of my technical strengths as an artist, I would say that that is truly my real unique skill set is my ability to connect with with people and connect with women. Um, I'm able to stand in front of someone and make them feel like they are the most fabulous person in in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have found that that really helps women feel seen. And when a woman feels seen, um, that is how I'm able to capture this beautiful art that I'm able to capture, right? Because you're really capturing this transformation of um, uh, of, of, of welcoming all sides of this woman, all of them in, in a way um, uh, where you're welcoming it with love and with respect, right? And when they start to feel that love and respect and that welcoming of all of who they are, um, that's really what I'm just capturing with my camera. Wow. That's beautiful. I feel like there's so many amazing nuggets in there and going back a little bit to what you said, I loved the part where you, you know, you talked about your own journey and it was through your own healing process and all of that, where you then realized, okay, I want to almost pretty much alchemize this into a purposeful thing. And and it was with your company that you were able to propel that forward. Yeah. And I think about, I have a similar path too, where Um, I had a, a big, you know, healing journey as well. I lost all the estrogen in my body, all this stuff. It's a long story, but my doctor, I remember her being like, Jess, you're like a beautiful woman. And I believe like you have a future ahead of you, but, um, you are going to have to change your whole entire life around. And I just remember being so in my ego, like I wanted to do the same things I was doing as far as exercise, eating what I was eating, thought I was healthy, you know, quote unquote, all these things. And she basically was like, do you want to live? And I was like, well, I mean, yeah, it can't be that serious. Right. And she was like, well, it's going to be chronic if you don't change your life around because I know it was so interesting. And so, but there was something that clicked in me where I did have a, um, I was going to go around the world and do this service trip abroad for a year, took a backpack and tent and go, you know, help others around the world. And I remember telling her, I was like, no, well, I have this plan. I'm going to go and do X, Y, Z. And she was like, well, that's probably going to be like really stressful on your body. You need to start doing yoga. You need to start meditating. You need to start eating like these type of foods. You need to start doing da, 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 da. And I was like, again, stuck in my ego, like, I don't want to do that. But then she reminded me like, you know, what my future was going to hold if I didn't. And I I was so committed to this, you know, this thing, this like call on my life to go out into the world and do this thing where I was, I was like, I'm going to do it. Like, no matter what you say, I'm going to do it. And I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, that means I need to heal. Like I actually need to listen to her because otherwise I'm not going to be good for anybody. And so that's when the healing journey began where I like let go of my ego. And then anyway, I will say like all of that propelled me into where I am today and like have now built businesses and nonprofits and all the things. But to your point, I just think it's interesting that, you know, sometimes it's 
um, it does take something specific for us to be like, okay, I am going toward this, or I am going to create this thing that other people also need. And, uh, and, you know, cause otherwise it's like, what are we, what are we waking up for or living for? And that's where the emptiness comes in. And that's where the, you know, we feel alone and like, there's nothing out there for us. And so I just love that you brought that up because I think everybody can relate whether it's like, there's something there or not, but what is something that you can create or put your pain to turn it into some sort of a purposeful thing? A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, so when I, I, I can relate to your story so much. Um, I, sorry, I'm just like, I'm, I'm like hugging you through this. Because I'm like no, I'm hugging you, you right too now. through this. I'm like, all of this light to you. Um, I can remember being in the ER, um, cause I had gone in for a CAT scan cause I was convinced that I had a brain tumor <laughs> cause I was getting, Oh my God, I did the same thing. I was yeah. like, I have a brain tumor. There's gotta be a brain tumor. It's gotta be a brain tumor. I haven't slept in three days. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. Same. Uh, it's gotta be a brain tumor. Um, and I remember the doctor coming in and being like, um, I believe that you're experiencing um, a panic attack right now. I believe this is panic disorder. And I remembered like looking at her and nodding and being like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, um, so is there an antibiotic for that? You know, like really seriously, like that's how little information I have. Like, what is the prescription drug that you're, is, it, is this a 10 day course of antibiotic that's going to cure this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember her looking at me and just being like, you know, uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, you need to change your lifestyle. Um, and same, same, same. It was wow. like, but, but I love, but I love my life. Like, I, why would I, why would I possibly change it? You know, yeah. Yeah, man, be a little manic right now. <laughs> I'm good, right? Fine. I'm good. Right? But I think I have a brain tumor. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I'm just, yeah, exactly. I'm just here for a CAT scan. It's fine. Um, yeah, but you know, it, it was wild because I, the, in the process of creating this, I actually didn't have a ton of intention behind it. It really happened pretty organically. Mm-hmm. Um, in between, uh, after I retired um, from uh, my wedding career at like the ripe age of 27, you know, leaving my first career, um, 28, 27, 28, um, I, uh, I was going to go back to school to become a therapist. Mm-hmm. This is all like, it's all, it's all, all coming full circle. Um, and, uh, and again, then it was just, I really had to sit and think about like, what is it that I love to do? Mm-hmm. And my favorite part of weddings was photographing the brides. That was oh. always my favorite part. I lo- I loved that connection and just like celebrating with her, um, because it was just this really special day and, um, you know, knowing that again, sharing that like energy and all of those warm and beautiful feelings were helping facilitate this real, this really beautiful art. Um, and that's when I decided I was going to open up a women's portrait studio and, and now many, 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 many moons later, here we are, you know? Wow. So then like, what was that transition like for you to go from weddings into this? Was it, I know you said it was pretty natural, but was there like, did it feel like a really deep shift? Did it feel like, I don't know, you know, transitions can be tough, but sometimes they just like happen. Yeah, for sure. Um, so at the time, um, I was living with my boyfriend and, 
I remember sitting down with him and being like, I'm quitting my job <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to photograph women. <laughs> I love it. I've done this too. This is great. Yeah, right. I'm, I'm quitting my job. I'm going to photograph women. Oh, okay. Okay. And he's, uh, he's a designer. So he's also an artist and he was like, okay, okay. And, and just the loveliest human being alive. Uh, my now husband. And um, I, so the agreement that we made, I made with my partner was that we were going to give me a year mm. to work as hard as I could. Um, and after a year, we would stop and reassess. And if he, if I needed help along the way that he would help me. And mm. um, I never had to ask for help, you know? Wow. So I, uh, I, I think that um, I, I had already been in the industry for almost 10 years at that, that point. Mm -hmm. So I had like this established base. So yeah. my first clients were former brides of mine. Okay. Um, and a lot of them were on the other side of, um, of uh, having children at that point. Mm. Right. And I think that that's kind of where things started to make sense to me in my head, where I started thinking about um where is it that women are not given permission to feel beautiful, right? Like what spaces are we not given permission to feel, feel beautiful postpartum, mm. right? Mm. Um, I had a, a lot of breast cancer survivors, um, oh. pre and post mastectomy coming in to celebrate their bodies. Mm. Um, uh, lots of moms, lots of women on the other sides of um, some sort of transformative uh, life experience. Mm -hmm. I was getting a lot of refer referrals from um, my therapist was wow, referring a lot so of clients cool. to me. So it was really almost like the women that were coming to me were kind of creating the business for me, wow. right? Because just listening to their stories and then um, creating art for them Mm -hmm. um, to help celebrate their journeys mm -hmm. kind of created the company. Uh, um, and then there was a period of time where I had to make the choice as to whether or not I was going to scale, mm -hmm. um, you know, as, as, as lots of business owners, um, have to make that choice as their companies mm -hmm. grow, um, as an artist, uh, you know, growing up in the city of Chicago with this really talented, um, artist as a parent, I was always taught that there was enough work for everyone. Mm, and that beautiful. if you do the work and if you have a strong and beautiful portfolio, um, if you are servicing your clients, um, if you are networking, then the, the work will come. And so that's what I did. I did the work, I networked and I serviced my clients. Mm -hmm. um, and the business kind of created itself in that process. That's beautiful. So what do you feel, at least now you've been in this for a while, what, yeah. what are some of maybe the stories or women, like, do you have any specific ones in mind? You don't have to be like, oh, this is their name, but some mm -hmm. that like really, really touched you. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, just recently, I mean, I was just at um, her home a couple days ago, dropping off her album. And you know who you are if you're listening. I love you, hi. Oh, love. <laughs> um, but she uh, had had a lot of personal struggles that I don't want to be very specific about delving into totally. without her permission. But she had had some very specific struggles 
um, as a minority woman in a big profession um, uh, and struggles with her uh, her body. Mm -hmm. And I, and she was very candid with me about that prior to her shoot. Um, and it made me a little nervous because mm -hmm. when you're dealing um, with clients and with women that are very candid, that they, um, that they don't have positive relationships with their body. Um, there's certainly that thought given that what I do is photograph women, mostly nude, that what if what I do is, does more harm than good. Mm. You know, that's such a good point. I was actually talking to a friend. Um, he's actually a male photographer and okay. He doesn't do full on nude by any means, but mm -hmm. he loves to capture, <clears throat> I mean, females and males, but even one of our mutual friends was pregnant and he did a pregnancy shoot that was like beautiful, but just to like love her body and all this stuff. Yeah. Once again, like not fully nude, but just to, to, you know, bring out the beauty in them. And, um, anyway, we had this conversation because, I actually, on my non-private side, work with a lot of women affected by like trauma, like human trafficking stuff, um, a lot of sexual abuse, a lot of um, physical abuse, a lot of things that are really tough. And so we had that conversation where I was like, because he had brought up, he was like, you know, like if you ever need me to do something that could be empowering or whatever for anybody that you work with. And so we had that conversation. I was like, well, I just don't know because like, what if, you know, it's like, yes, we do all these healing things for them. Like, um, even like yoga or like different mirror work or these, you know, different practices, movement and dance and stuff. But, um, I don't, I don't actually know, like if that would even be beneficial. So you talking about yeah. that brought that up and yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, I guess speak more on it. Cause I'm, yeah. I'm genuinely curious. No, a hundred percent. So, I mean, there are a, an awful lot of, of women who have historical difficulties with their bodies mm -hmm. for many reasons, um, which I'm sure you can speak to as well, given the, the nonprofit work that you've done. Um, so a lot of, of women feel like they are not worth this experience or the investment mm -hmm. of this experience. Mm -hmm. um, so most of the women that come to me, not, not all, certainly not all, mm -hmm. but I would say more than not uh, come to me because they haven't found their confidence yet. Mm -hmm. um, they are the women that hide uh, the, uh, and this is going to bring this back to the beginning of the conversation. I hate having my photo taken. I don't look good in photos. Oh, right. Yeah. I hear this all the time. Um, but I really feel like that's a connection to, to value, to worth, right. I don't feel that I'm worthy enough to be in front of the camera. I'm not pretty enough to be in front of the camera because I don't look I don't like the way I look in images, right? Mm -hmm. um, so this experience is about helping women say yes to themselves. Mm -hmm. And the amount of, of clients that come in um, that tell me after they see their images, 
which was the email that I got from this client after she received her images telling me that she felt like for the first time she could see herself. Oh, yeah, I know. I mean, yeah, I like slipped off of my chair and was like in fetal position oh, on the floor, just like sobbing. That is amazing. I know, I know. Um, but she, I, I mean, I'll, I'll, I will never, I will never forget it for the rest of my life. And I have clients that say a lot of really beautiful things after they see their work. And that is uh, certainly one of the things that I will hear the most is that they feel like they're, they're seeing themselves mm. for the first time. Mm. Um, and they're seeing for her, it was her resiliency and her strength. And what she said to me was that, um, for the first time she felt as though she was enough mm-hmm. and she couldn't understand how she had ever, um, ever lived feeling less than mm. after seeing these images of herself, Wow, which I know sounds crazy. And I'm saying that out loud and it's like, how is it like, how, like what, like I, it, it sounds crazy listening to myself talk, yeah. but again, I just, I really think that that's a testament to the, the power of, of just loving and respecting and, um, and respecting and loving all of the different um, sides to these women coming in in, and being photographed in their most vulnerable state, you know? Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. I feel, I mean, I definitely don't do what you do, but in the coaching world where like people are like, okay, I'm ready to make a shift, but then you talk to them about the investment or the time or the this or that. And then it comes into worth like, oh, I don't have the time or I don't have the resources for that. Or, you know, maybe one day I'll get there. And it's like, a, it totally is that perspective shift. And I've been there before too, you know, so many times where it's like, oh, I don't know if I'm worthy enough for whatever that thing is. Like, even if we do want that, we want the photo session, we want the, you know, coaching experience to live our dreams. We want, you know, to go, like travel or we want whatever the investment is. And it's just this crazy thing that is, I mean, it all comes down to our childhood, you know, like comes Mm -hmm. back and it's like, well, where did you not feel enough then? And, and how is it playing into now? So I'm curious about your, you know, I know you wanted to become a therapist and all that. And with your, like, maybe just let's speak a little bit on this enough situation or not enough because it's in all of us. Like I, sometimes I'm, you know, I get told all the time, I'm like the best sister, the best friend, the best, you know, all that stuff. And, and I cry, like when my brother, he texted me or called me yesterday and was just like, Hey, like, you're the most amazing older sister. And I just started crying. Cause it's, it's that thing that sometimes I don't feel like I'm enough of a good sister. Although that's way far from the truth because like they sure. are the world to me. And right for some reason that that can still be there. It's something that will pop up sometimes of like, okay, I need to make sure as the oldest child that I am showing up, that they feel loved, that this, that, that, that I'm like, you know, helping with everything to make sure that they're all okay. And if I'm not, I'm not enough of a sister. And I know again, not true, but I recognize I've had to do the work to come back. Do you like when you, when you get that, Mm -hmm. um, when you get the message that says you are the best sister are the tears also, but I'm not, but I could be better. Right. Do you have that? 
Uh, I think it's more like, to be honest, I think it really is a, an acknowledgement. Like, it's just like a, oh, they do see how much I care because Mm -hmm. a big, a big fear of mine is, is that people don't know how big my heart is or that I actually do care. And so when they acknowledge it and they're just like, whoa, like you really are, then I'm just like, oh my gosh, they can see my heart and Mm -hmm. you're doing a good job. Like just keep going, keep doing it. So yeah, I don't know if it's not like necessarily that. I think it's more the, them knowing me. Okay. Okay. Mine's more. Yeah, for sure. A hundred percent. What's Mine's more imposter syndrome. Like, no, 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 I'm not. It could be better. There's so much more. There's so much more. You know, if I wasn't so tired, then I would have more to give. Right. So, I mean, I suffer from, from the same shit too. You know, I mean, we all, we all got it. We're, Mm -hmm. we're conditioned to have it. And again, like kind of going back to what we touched on a little bit ago, women just don't, we don't talk to each other enough. Mm -hmm. We don't, we spend so much time um, trying to tell each other that it's okay. Right. Or you do the, the self-deprecating humor um, to convey the challenges, you Mm -hmm. know, I'm going to kill my, my husband or my boyfriend or, Oh, you know, right. Like I have guys like laugh off together and then like go grab a drink and just like, whatever, we'll just like, played off for a while let's go have a good time and then you go back into life for sure but like nobody's talking about like the shit you -hmm. know like nobody's really women aren't getting into it with each other and talking about the bad sex you know we talk a lot about the good sex but we don't talk about the bad sex and why it was bad and what we could do to make it better you know what do you think I mean obviously you do this in your photography what do you feel like can make that better? Like just as women and yourself with your own relationships or like, what do you see? For sure. Well, I mean, I think so in terms of like accepting the compliments, that's, that's my jam that I I have to work on in therapy, but um, in regards to helping open up those lines of communication, part of how I do that is being really candid about, um, my, my scars, you know, I talk very openly about my, my, uh, struggles with chronic mental health, um, issues. Um, and I found even just by speaking about it with confidence, you know, and in a way that's just candid and honest, the amount of people that I've had approach me to just say, thank you. So, thank you so much. You oh, know, 100%. Yeah. So much better. <laughs> I do too. I do too. I do too. And it's like, we don't have to whisper, it's okay, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but so I try to be just really candid about struggles that I am either living through, you know, presently, I was, I had a really challenging time postpartum with my first child. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really candid about the struggles that I had being a first time mom, the struggles that I had breastfeeding, the struggles that I had with um, labor and delivery and um, just how traumatic that is uh, that we don't speak of enough. Instead, we do this thing where it's like women's bodies were made to give birth. Mm-hmm. Women have been doing this for millions of years. Totally. And it's like, you know, it, 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 it really doesn't give space for women to share 
their stories, mm. you know, because it's, it, it is an incredibly traumatic experience and, or can be, I should say, I can't speak for everybody. It can be a, an incredibly traumatic experience. It certainly was for me. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of how I participate in that is just to try to be really, you know, candid and open with, um, my life experiences and also really open to receiving other people's and having those hard conversations, um, at full volume, you know, not at like a, a low whisper behind a closed door. Totally. You know, now, do you find yourself doing that like on the daily with all humans? Like you're just radically honest. Like if somebody asks you a question and you just share it, or are you talking about like with your friendships or your clients? Yeah, I would say specifically in my friendships and with my clients. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I, because of my work is incredibly social. I'm sure yours is as well. Um, so that can be something that can be really uh, overwhelming emotionally and, and challenging to manage all of the friendships and then also holding space for my clients as well. And I have two sisters as well, mm-hmm. you know, so there's a lot of, I have a lot of women in my life that I hold that space for. Um, so I really kind of find myself reserving it mostly for, for them. Um, but I certainly would, I I also find myself just as like a natural empath. I, if I can feel that somebody who I maybe don't know that well is in duress or is hurting, I'm certainly the first person to kind of sneak up and be like, hello, can I embrace you? Can I breathe on you? Uh, can I breathe? <laughs> can I, I get in your personal way. space in an awkward way? No. Yes. Okay. Just let me know. Get in a little bit closer. Yeah, just a little bit closer. Can we <laughs> breathe in your ear now? Yeah. yeah. Is that good? You like it? No. Oh, okay. I can back up. It's cool. Oh, I can be here for you. <laughs> I love that so much. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm similar too. I remember. Well, the reason I ask as well is that you know I think even in this day and age with like social media, like people are sharing more raw or like they're sharing certain things and sometimes I feel you can feel somebody and they're almost doing it for a reaction or response in some sort of way yeah and then um so yeah it's just a very because I'm I'm super open super vulnerable I also am somebody that like is it took me a really long time to get there though, where I just felt that as a leader, like you have to kind of have it together. Otherwise nobody's going to follow you. And also uh, with our nonprofit side, it's like a yoga retreat and a service trip. So we're doing a lot of healing work with participants that come on the trip. And then, um, and then we're going and teaching, you know, the impoverished or trafficked women, what, we've learned essentially is what's going on. But I remember, you know, teaching people how to be vulnerable, but I wasn't myself Mm. and I didn't even actually know how to do it. It was really weird. It's, and now I think of it, I look back and I'm like, how did I even do that? It's like, I was, I felt like, okay, I'm robbing somebody of their opportunity to be vulnerable if I'm doing that. So I would, you know, propose the questions on them. I would be like, okay, share your story. This is how you do it. Did it almost like a, in like a formula type way, I guess. And I'll never forget. There was one time I was going through one of the worst times of my life and hosting a retreat in Thailand. 
And, um, I had another gal help do this workshop and it was something on some healing workshop and we had some space to go, you know, process on our own. It was like, okay, like now go journal or whatever you got to do. And we'll come meet back together. And as she was sharing, there was something that was deep in my stomach that went up to my chest, my heart, and then tears and snot, everything came out for like an hour and it was uncontrollable. I could not stop. And I was even trying like in my head, I was like, Jessica, stop it. You're leading these people. They're going to think you're crazy. Like, what are you doing? Like, stop. They're not going to follow you anymore. Like all this stuff. And I remember we all got back together and I was just like, you guys, this is the craziest shit ever. Like, I can't believe this happened. And I was like going off. And it was beautiful. It was like the worst in the moment. That's what it felt like. But honestly, since that moment, I realized the rawness and they actually were leaned in more because they were like, oh, one, you're a real human Two, like I can empathize with you. And like, I've been in a similar situation, whatever. And, and so now it's very much a natural thing to lead from that place of like mm-hmm. oh gosh you know even before we hopped on this call where there's just like oh impersonal things like things that we're actually struggling with where before yeah. it was just like okay you got this just power through Da-da-da-da-da. but there's that place of deep connection like what you talked about that's what brings in the connection and that safety is when we can also share of ourselves so they're like okay who I can kind of breathe to for sure and, like also be there yeah right and like I'm safe I'm safe yep. Right. Yeah. Which is for me a huge, that's always been something that is just huge for me is uh, the, the need to feel safe before mm. I I can be my, uh, my authentic self. Mm. Um, and actually, you know, let me, I want to talk to you about this because I know that you do have a, a business that um, you have a, a, a big a social media following. And that's something that I've actually struggled with. So I actually, I didn't even get online um, until a handful of years ago after I had clients, like your social media presence is abysmal. Like you need to, you just, you should, you should be sharing your work. Like you have such beautiful work, share your work. And I, um, I still struggle posting to this day and any client of mine that is listening right now is laughing their ass off because they know that if like you see if you see me once every three months that means things are going great you know (laughs) um but part of the reason I struggle is because I I really always want to make sure that it's my voice that's coming Mm -hmm. through and I find that I kind of wait until I have something to say or a Mm -hmm. moment that I feel um, that I'm feeling something, you know, mm. like I'm feeling love for something or respect for something. I think like the last time I posted, I had found this beautiful, uh, poem that was like an ode to the Queens in my life, you oh, know, that. um, that I, I just thought was so captured so many of the incredible women and friendships that are, that come in and out of my life on a daily basis. And so it's like, I would like to share this and I'm going to share this with a beautiful image. (laughs) Um, But I have a difficult time because I get on social and it just, it feels just really loud and intense. And it gives me, it gives me panic. And also like you, I just, I feel like, um, uh, so much stuff feels performative, which again, that makes me feel unsafe, totally. right? So I don't like it. I don't like it. I want to shut it down. Mm-hmm. And um, for me in my industry, um, 
you know, like, I really like to think that what I do empowers women, right? Like that has been my, my messaging since the, the, I mean, the day I opened my company, the day I incorporated. Mm -hmm. Um, but I just feel like that word and like things like self-love, they are just getting exhausted in the online forum and used in these ways that aren't really true representation as to what that means mm. you know um I don't know I just like how do you how do you handle that as like a fellow empath that like mm. has to maintain an online presence for the sake of like your business model and because you know what you do is reaching out and connecting to women how do you like cut through all the shit totally no that's a great question and I feel a couple things I will say is I'm not a big, cause I agree with you. And sometimes if I get too much in my head of like, you know, everybody's talking about the same things, like, what do you have to say? Like, why even show up? Like, you don't even love social media anyway, all these things. Of course I get there too. Yeah. Um, but I think at the end of the day, one, I actually, I don't scroll very much. I don't really mm-hmm. like look through too often. There might be like every so often where I I will scroll or if I'm looking for something or someone or whatever. So that helps, I will say that. And I literally view this platform as, okay, how can you use your voice or platform or what you're up to for good and to like really bring the message that you you want it to be this you know, inspiring, empowering, like authentic, like all that stuff. And so at the end of the day, I just do it. And like, without thinking too much, without like having to, well, what if this, what if that, I kind of stop myself. And then I'm just like, you know what, at the end of the day, like if this reaches one person, then that's what it's for. And I, so I have this process of like the audience of one all the time where I'm like, okay, the audience of one, um, whether that's like, you know, God, whether that's okay. Audience of one, if it reaches one person, audience of one. And then I'm just like, I would do a disservice if I didn't show up because everybody's online. And so, yeah. So more in that way, rather than it affecting me, I'm like, how, if I don't show up, how is that affecting someone else? Because I do. And I, I never know sometimes if it's working. I'm just like, I don't even know if this is like working, you know? And, um, but then I hear time and time again, people reach out and they're just like, and maybe I haven't seen them in six months or whatever. And then like, they'll either send me an email or a text or a, I'll see them in person. And they're like, oh my gosh, your, you know, what you post every day, like really helps me or your weekly emails or your podcast or whatever. And sometimes I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of doing it because I'm like, okay, I know I need to keep putting it out there. I don't know if it's working, but it is. And so, but without having an agenda really of, um, yeah, it's just more that who is it that I want to be in getting really clear on that. And then I'm going to just put it into the world without thinking too much and without like looking at, at too much. Cause it's true. Then we all compare ourselves, you know, like yeah. I can get into that pattern too of like, Oh, well, they're doing it this way. I should probably do yep. this posting. And I do get so exhausted, but I mean, I've been in other masterminds. I've been through social media courses. I've been through all that stuff. And I understand a lot of things, but I also am, it drains me to like follow it and to like 
do the things that are all trending and all that stuff. So to be honest, I don't really follow that much, like maybe a thing here and there, but I just kind of do what I feel I want the messages to bring out and like, what is, what do I want people to feel? And then I'll create something for that. And just, I don't know, not think too much. And sometimes those are the best ones where I'm just walking and I'm like, a thought pops up and I talk or like, I'll be journaling things and I write it all down. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this could be like a three-part series. I could do three short videos on what I just wrote about or a conversation with you. Like I get inspired and I'm like, oh my gosh, I just got off this amazing podcast. And like, we talked about this, like I'm going to put it out there and, uh, and invite people more into it. So I guess that's what I personally do. And, um, and I guess the, the part two is like, if I didn't have to do any social media, I actually wouldn't. I don't, but again, because I see it as a platform for good and how I feel that there needs more good on there. I, I do. Cause I'm like, okay, this is what everybody's doing, but sometimes I will challenge myself where I'm like, okay, I'm going to post something like at least five days a week because otherwise I would just forget about it and like not even be on there. And so I do things to challenge myself just to be like, okay, get in there, um, kind of get used to it. Like you can make it be not nothing crazy, but a little bit of your lifestyle, like create something, pop in and go, you know? And so it's not like overwhelming. It's just more like, okay, cool. I'm going to challenge myself and I'm just going to share more of, of my heartbeat and then let the rest go. I love that. I love the audience of one mm. part as well. Like, I really love that. Yeah. And I think, like, I, I, I think part of my struggle is that, um, uh, as much fun as I have during the shoots and anybody that's worked with me can tell you that I'm just like a complete mad woman. I'm like standing on my head screaming while we listen to like nineties R and B in the background. Uh, But I, I also take what I do really seriously and I really honor the, the women that come into this space. And so I just, it always, it, there's this pressure that I put on myself. I just always wanted to feel special when I post something. Yes. Um, because I, I want to make sure that I'm honoring the image of the woman who gave me permission to share her, her body and her art with the world, you know? Absolutely. Um, but I, but I like the audience of one because like, maybe, maybe it doesn't have to be honoring them in this way, you know, really like emotional, you know, and deep and intense. Like, I think there are different ways to honor people. I think I just need to kind of reframe the way that I look at that. Um, that was really helpful. Thanks, Jess doll. Oh, of course. Well, and, and it makes me think I do have a couple clients that, um, you know, there is this resistance and I think too, especially when you are actually like a good human and you want to be authentic, you don't want to come off like fake like a lot of people do that resistance pops up more where it's like okay well I'm if I'm not this is what I hear with some of my clients for example if I'm not like if I'm putting this like image out there or this video and and I'm I don't even feel like I'm fully that person yet or like then I'm an imposter you know Mm. so like what Mm -hmm. am I sharing Or like, if I don't feel good today and I post it, like that's also inauthentic or like people see me in a different light or from who I was five years ago and I'm posting this stuff now, what are they going to think of me? 
and today, and they're going to have all their opinions and like all this stuff. So at the end of the day, my working- palms sweat. That's so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like sweating. Figure out, let it out. You I cried a ton the other day. My friends are like, let it out. I was like, okay, well, like, however you come out. Sweater off. My God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But yeah, so I think, and we work a lot on that where it's just, you know, the, the mindset work the going back to like, at the end of the day, who really cares? Nobody's looking at your life in the way that you think that they all are anyway. And if they do, that's their problem. They have like, they should have way better things to be thinking about. For sure. And so just again, coming back to those things. And sometimes that's why I say, you know, just do it anyway, or say yes anyway, because Otherwise, you're just going to be thinking yourself and spiraling out of something. And you grow by movement. You grow by action. You grow by doing. And it gets a little bit easier every time, even if you don't feel up for it. Because, you know, I mean, I know you know this, but we don't always feel like we want to do the things that we want to do. And for emotions sure. are going to get us in the way. And so it's it's like, okay, fine. That's why I challenge myself sometimes where I'm like, I don't feel like doing this, but I'm going to challenge myself because you know, I know that something beautiful will be on the other side and I don't want to stay in this same pattern that I've been in. I want to get out of the pattern. So let's, let's break through it. Love that. Yeah. I, well, I'm excited to see more of your beautiful stuff. (laughs) And I'm excited to get your butt in here for a session. I know I need to I've come heard, over. You Honestly, you have to, I have to tell oh you like one of my favorite, favorite things, um, women will, before their photo shoots will say to me, um, I just, if I could even get like one photo that looks even just like anything, like one of the women on your website, I would be absolutely thrilled. Oh my gosh. And then they become one of the women on the website. Oh, after their shoot and then it just continues to perpetuate itself but yeah that's amazing okay no yeah that will be one of my goals I feel like because I'm I'm fine in front of a camera like I'm good with that but I when it's more like sensual and more you know like it's it is more vulnerable like these pieces of you that you're just like okay like I feel a little awkward right now how what am I supposed to look like how am I supposed to pose like how does this expression of me come out like uh, that's when I get awkward especially when somebody's watching I'm like I could like dance and feel good and like do all this but all all of this is amazing by the way and my head was just like just I just took like 20 frames like so that that's like what's happened that's like easy and it was black and white and it was here and it was and it's and it's gonna go right on the wall right there okay so we're done I just did that with my photographic memory we'll see if I can make that into a print all right send them into my memory so I can I can see them and see myself I love it done um really quick too so I feel like you would really like this have you ever heard of the book the art of gathering no I'm writing it down right now okay write it down because everything you were talking about long story short I started reading it it's by Priya Parker is her name such a fan and it really is about the the art of creating and facilitating spaces, whatever it is, whether it's, you know, you and I, the purpose of us on this podcast, whether it's with your client, whether it's with your team, whether it's a, a retreat, a conference, a God knows what, whatever it is. And, you know, a lot of times, because we talked a lot about safety and making people 
feel their absolute best. And, and there were a couple of things in there that really struck me. Um, well, one, we started a book club out of it because it was so good. I was reading it and I was bringing it up to my team and I was like, gosh, okay, we have to think about this when we gather together for that. Like, what's the intention behind did it? So I was like bringing up all these things. And then I was like, you guys, if you want to no pressure, but like read the book and like, maybe we could talk about it. And this could be part of our team. And like, we're going to get better at facilitating. And then somebody was like, well, maybe we do a book club because there's a lot of women in our community that like want to do this too. So we just started it and it's awesome. And so now it's like women coming together with the intention of being a safe space and really learning how to create these like beautiful spaces that are different than anything. And, uh, a couple of things. And why I think about you too, is it talks about, how people are the purpose. So the point of whatever the gathering is, it's like, okay, the people that you're inviting to whatever this is, they are the purpose of the gathering. They bring the purpose. Yet the environment or the place that you have the play, the the gathering is going to bring out a certain essence of the people. So thinking very intentionally, what is the essence that I want the to come out of the people? And because let's say you go to New York and you're in this brick building and you're in business attire, like a certain essence is going to come out of you rather than being in Costa Rica with a bunch of like trees and nature and your cup of coffee, a different thing is going to come out of you. And so it's just interesting, like, you know, even like you and your clients and the, the setting that you get to bring them into, or like you and a group of women that you're just like, okay, I really want to have authentic spaces where we're we are championing each other. We are building each other up and confidence. Like, what does that look like to bring them together? And then in a place where like certain things come out of them to feel that way. And uh, anyway, it's really cool book. I feel like you would love it. I, I'm. It's written down in front of me. And then there's, I also have notes, like I'm in class right now. I'm like, people are the purpose like I'm like taking notes while we're talking. Very excited, Rita. Thank you for the recommendation. Oh my gosh, of course. So um anyway, what what do you what do you feel that if you could tell somebody or anybody to, you know, if they are struggling with their confidence, they are struggling with their worth or feeling enough, like where would you tell them to start? Mm. Sorry, I'm just thinking back to like my own journey because it's such a, it's such a process. Uh, because I also, I related a little bit to depression, right? Yeah. Which is kind of like that, that the difficulty to motivate, uh, well, depression is not the difficulty to motivate. It's a something that's chemical, but the feeling, the feeling that depression Absolutely. Um, uh, creates is that difficulty to motivate change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like that's something, um, like there's something similar in that you have to make the choice to get out of bed every day. Mm. Um, and um, you have to make the choice to do the work, mm-hmm. right? Because it's not something that happens overnight. Um, anybody that's struggled with anything, whether that's like changing their body or changing um, the state of their mental health knows that it's a process and it takes work and it takes time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I am a huge proponent of look good, feel good. Mm. So that is, so I, I had a period of time um, in my life after I had uh, quit dancing um, and when I was struggling with mental health that I gained a lot of, of weight and my body changed drastically. Um, and, uh, and I didn't, I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel good. Um, I didn't feel good in my head either. And my body was really kind of manifesting that as well. Um, but the days that I felt my best were the days that I made the choice to get up mm -hmm. and get dressed and put on some makeup and fake it until fake it till you make it you know? Um, and then at some point I developed the motivation to start making small changes. Mm. Um, I think that you need to, uh, to celebrate the small victories, no matter how small they are. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, focus on one step at a time, you know, look at, look at it like a, like a marathon and not a sprint and just focus on the mile ahead of you. Totally. Um, which, you know, anybody that suffers from anxiety knows that a lot of it is just pulling it back to focus when your mind wanders. Right. Um, and just being, being kind to yourself, which I think is really something that's so hard for women to do. Um, but finding specific ways to be kind to yourself, because that might mean something different to you than it does for me, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And I feel the celebrating yourself and acknowledging exactly where you're at and acceptance, you know, it's like, I feel so often everything seems so far away and like, I will do the work when I get here, or I will <laughs> feel good when I get here. And it's true. You might not feel good for a while, but to your point of, okay, cool. I know I'm going to make the choice to get out of bed every day. And I've been there too, where I actually didn't know I was depressed, but I like couldn't get out of bed. And I was like, oh, whoa, this is what depression feels like. I guess yeah. I understand. Yeah. So it's like, okay, just get out of bed, like do your hair, put on some makeup, like yeah. those small, small things are wins. And, yeah. yes. and to be honest, I think to what you were saying too, I don't really think it's faking it till you make it. I feel like it's like, just, all right, I don't feel good, but I'm just going to take one step. And that's even a win. It's like, yeah. let's just take a step and acknowledge it and move. And it will one day eventually turn into some sort of motivation. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like about finding purpose in the struggle, right? Yeah. Yep. It's about finding purpose in the struggle. It's about celebrating, um, celebrating small wins. Um, it's about, especially when it comes to, um, to body image and acceptance, it's about practicing a lot of forgiveness. Mm, um, you know, when, when we, when women look at themselves, um, in the mirror, we can be incredibly unkind to ourselves, mm -hmm. you know, um, something that I found really helpful as a, a woman that supports other, other women is trying to speak to my reflection the way that I would speak to a client or the mm -hmm. way that I would speak to my sisters or my That's cousins, good. you know? Um, and I find that that can be incredibly helpful because our first instinct is to look in the mirror and be like, that sucks, change that too big, too small, you know, like immediately it's just all this focus on the imperfections. So 
Um, yeah, I think if you can just start there, just even if, it, what if you just start by looking at your reflection and just saying just one thing that you like about it to yourself mm-hmm. and then stop. Yeah. And stop. I love that. I love you know? that. Yep. Yep. That's so good. And then if, what about for you, if you could see yourself as a gift to the world, what would you be? Um, if I could see myself as a gift to the world, what would I be? Aren't I already a gift, Jess? You are a gift. Is this not a gift? No, you are. <laughs> so there's your answer. You are you. <laughs> I would just be me. You'd open it up and out I'd pop. Surprise! <laughs> That's amazing. Yes, you are so good. And then if you could tell somebody to pursue their dreams or their desire or their, you know, passion or purpose, what would you tell them? In terms of like how, how to go about pursuing it or whether or not to pursue it? Uh, like if somebody's just, yeah, if they're just like, I want to go after this thing and maybe they don't know what to do or whatever, like what would, what would you tell them? Yeah. I mean, I, I. I am, a, I believe that there is nothing that cannot be accomplished if mm. you put the work in, mm. but you have to put the work in. Like I, I, I truly believe that my, my sister and I, the one that, you know, Janessa, um, I we love you, by the way, we love you, Jen. <laughs> um, she had, she was interviewing for a job a million years ago. It was a huge position and uh the ceo said i believe smart people can do anything mm-hmm. and it's something that we've talked about but it's true i mean you don't have to necessarily have experience you don't have to be anything other than who you are and have the the desire and the curiosity to to work hard to make space for yourself mm, that's so good so anything is possible just go for it yeah. I love that. That's awesome. And then is there anything else that you would leave listeners with that you just want them to know or to remember? Um, yeah. I mean, I would just say to, to the men that are listening, I don't really have much to say to you. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, I just, for the women that are listening, um, I just want you to know that uh, you are enough just the way that you are. And I sincerely believe that. I sincerely believe that you are enough just as you are. Oh, so good. You are enough. You are enough. You're enough. And I'm enough. You're enough. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) And then how can people find you and stay in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so www.theateliercchicago, A-T-E-L-I-E-R. Um, you can find me on Instagram at the Atelier Chicago. Uh, Clark or Barino is my name. You could probably just Google boudoir photography Chicago and I would be one of the first things that would pop up as well. Um, but I would love to celebrate you and any of your followers. Get your little booties on in here. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. And we do have, I actually have a quite a few friends over in the Chicago area. So you guys listening, get on over there, everybody else, please do. Mm-hmm. I know it's going to be one of my goals for this upcoming year. It'll be awesome. Yes. I I love that. It. Cool. Well, thank you so much. This was so fun. Oh, and so I just, fun. yeah, adore you. I feel like we'll have to do this again sometime. 
Same, same. Thank you for having me on. Thank you. This has really just been an absolute delight. I know just all of this from me to you. <laughs> We're same, same, for those same. not looking at the video. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I look forward to next time. Hey, thanks, Jess. All right, everybody. Wasn't that amazing? I just love Cara so much. Oh my gosh. We could have kept that podcast going forever, truly. So we'll probably do another one. So be on the lookout and also go follow her in my show notes, exactly what she said at her website, her Instagram, look her up boudoir Chicago as well. And yeah, I just can't wait for all that's to come. And just remember that if this somehow touched you, then go and share it with a friend because the more positivity, the more empowerment that we could get out there, the better this world really is going to be. And just that reminder for you that if there's something deep in your heart that you have to say yes to, and you're just like terrified or you don't know what to do or where to start, just remember you have it all within you. You don't have to look anywhere else. And also, if you are a woman that is ready to take action on your, your dreams, create a business, a nonprofit, really go and be empowered in who you are. We have the Dreams to Reality Mastermind coming up. And so you can go and find that over at justall.com or on my social at justall underscore and just pop in my DMs or send me a message or fill out the form and we will get you in there. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for your time and seriously can't wait for the next one. We'll see you soon.